The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on Vow FM 88.1. Uh, we are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein and the time has just gone by 2 after 6 p.m. on a Thursday, which means it's time for the Business Buzz. Uh, this is your, you know, one place for your weekly roundup of business and economics news. My name is Mudiwa Mob Justice Covers, and I'm joined in studio as always uh, by the ever lovely uh, Miss Slingy Wizondo. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Mudiwa? No, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. So my so previously Mike said that uh, Lingy was sporting some new hair. Oh, uh, yeah, Lord yeah. So Jesus. once again, I feel like the listeners <laughs> they, they need to see inside and just see you know what what we're dealing with here. But no, you look good. We see. Thank that. you very much, mm, you. Mm, mm. How's your week? My week has been somewhat emotional, especially with like everything that's happening in the news. Yeah. I won't mention specifically, but there's like all for, you know the trials yeah. that are currently happening. A very um, you know, high um, profile uh, uh, trials um, happening at the moment that are just absolutely emotionally draining for the country. It's things that I wish that we could like sort out and solve once and for all. Um, and yeah, and just the entrepreneurial landscape in general is always just a war zone. So, um, but I feel like, you know, there are small victories and, um, and um, I'm appreciative of those. Okay. And cool. your week? No, no, my week has been all right. Uh, not too bad, uh, but uh, I see that in the rest of the economy, uh, things are not uh, as they they should be. Uh, you spoke about entrepreneurs just now, and that's actually what sort of what we're going to be talking around: uh, the issue of pitching your business or your idea or yourself, mm. uh, because I feel like some of the skills that you use to pitch an idea are the same skills that you then pay, use to pitch yourself in whatever capacity. Absolutely. You know, so that's what our show is going to be looking like. Uh, we're going to be talking to um, some people around actually pitching your business, and we're also going to be talking to some people um, around what happens once the pitch is done, you've succeeded, and it's now time to you know actually take the idea forward. Because you know, sometimes we always focus funding, 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 funding. When it arrives, what the actually, money is here. Yeah, it's here. What do you actually then do? Uh, so that's what our show is going to be uh, looking like. Uh, also coming up uh, for the rest of the hour, we're going to be having our business wrap. Uh, that's a part of the show. We give you a roundup of the week's top trading business and economics news. And then Tlingy is going to be um, telling us the state of our 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. And then on social media, Tlingy, how can people keep in touch with us? Okay, so our listeners can find and follow us on Voice of Vits. FM 88.1 and they can also find us on the following social media platforms on Facebook we are Vow FM Voice of Vits and Vits Radio Academy on Twitter we are found at Vow FM and our hashtag is Business Buzz on WhatsApp we are on 084078-4912 and you can also stream us live on www.vowfm.co.za and our podcasts are available on www.vits.journalism.co.za slash business so yes that's how our show is looking like on the other side of this we're getting into our business wrap keep it locked this is the business buzz it's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show. We give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we're joined by our financial expert. We have Zanele Konene, who is from BDO Wealth Advisors. How are you, Zanele? I'm getting yourself with you, Um. So... 
how's the week been for you? How's the things in the news? And uh, what could we uh, be paying attention to? Because I feel like right now, uh, the big thing that uh, a lot of people are paying attention to is this whole uh, VBS uh, saga that's been going on. Uh, could you shed some light for us? Yes. Um, so when the first time I came across the VBS um, mutual bank was when that hashtag um, pay back the money was trending. And that was all about um, Jacob Zuma um, getting a loan from the VBS bank to pay off the improvements in his Nkanda home. And now I'm catching them again and now they are trending. <laughs> and now the hashtag is hashtag the great bank heist. And it should actually be hashtag the great mutual bank heist because a mutual bank is different. A yeah. mutual bank is not like the big four. Um, it has different regulations and different restrictions. Um, for example, municipalities are not allowed to um, invest or place their monies in a mutual bank. And the reason for this is to ensure that the, the, the money or the investment for uh, service delivery service delivery is accessible. So what happened in February this year, uh, one of the municipalities wanted their money. And guess what? DBS Bank was like, we don't have the money. <laughs> so they had liquidity issues. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the reasons why um, it's very important that we look at it as a mutual bank and not treat it like all the other big four. Um, so the SRB picked this up instead, and then in March, they placed the VBS Bank under traitorship. Yeah. So when the SRB puts you under traitorship, it means that they, they believe you are savable. And also, they do this to protect the depositors and also to ensure that this risk does not fall into the financial system. Um, so when SRB put them under traitorship um, due to the failure of leadership, and when I say leadership, I mean the board of directors, the executive management, that fails to manage the bank's rapid growth. They fail to manage funding. They fail to manage the liquidity. And now what we have is about two billion rand gone. And nobody knows what's happening. Um, but in, in November, what the uh, finance committee wants to do, or what they're going to be doing in November, is they're going to be meeting up with the law enforcement agencies, the Hawks, um, the National, the National Prosecuting uh, Authority, as well as other regulatory um, bodies to come to the bottom of what actually happened, what led to this, and why couldn't we pick it up so we make sure that it does not happen again. Um, and I know that Dr. Boyden, our new finance minister, yay! Um, <laughs> he will be touching on this matter next week in the uh, midterm budget speech. Um, and he wants to make sure that tough action is taken against the wrong the the people who've done us wrong. But I want to ask you, Riva, yeah. do you think that all the wrongdoers must, must join or follow um, Vavenda King um, Tony Peter and pay back the money? Or what do you think should happen? Uh, the the problem with this situation is just the fact that there's nothing unusual about uh, a bank having liquidity uh, liquidity issues because the nature of a bank and how they make money is the fact that um, depositors deposit and then parts of a part of that de- of those deposits have to be loaned out and then they earn interest all of that stuff. So from that point of view, nothing nothing untoward. But the fact that the money has just disappeared and it doesn't look like it's going to come back. I think people should be held to account and those that we do know. 
that they are responsible for the disappearance of the two billion they definitely need to bring the money back i mean um we really need to think about the depositors at the end of the day uh because people are literally playing a game of monopoly with the money with money that does not belong to them uh do you know what i mean so that that's what i'm worried about yes I think people should pay back the money, uh, mainly because uh, once again the depositors, hey, um, all those, all those people that weren't able to get uh, bank accounts at your traditional institutions and stuff like that, they are at they are at risk. You've got life savings and the like. It, it's a crisis. Mm-hmm. It's a crisis. And, and to think about it, it's not only them who are affected, you know, um, with their life savings. We also have municipalities, and that's the big one. Um, how we already as a country have a, a really bad service delivery, but now there's literally no money. And how how is service delivery going to happen? Um, the employees of these municipalities, who's going to pay them? Um, uh, and in the beginning of the VBS, what they used to, they, they invested in the depositors were small businesses. Um, and also stock sales. So what happens to those households? The problem with in such situations happen of such uh, uh, corruption, I call it, happens. It is those people, it is low-income earners that are mostly affected. And it's like they don't have a voice in the system. And in April of this year, the Financial Sector Regulation Act, which was enforced on the 1st of April of this year, and what it wants to do, or what it's, what it's aiming to do, is to give a right to investigate such cases in, the, in financial institutions to pick up when um, such irregularities are happening. And I hope, hopefully, that would help um, to ensure that in the future we don't face the exact same thing. Um, and another person, another group of people that were affected was the PIC. Um, 25% of the investment was in the this DDS wow. uh, mutual bank. So that is government uh, pension funds. These are employees. What happens to them? So with the regard for people who've been affected by it, I think that the committee that's meeting in November, um, I hope that they, they come up with a good solution and implement it and are able to save it because that's one of the comments I've been reading that the aim is to save VBS uh, mutual bank because it represents more than just the bank. It represents diversity as well as transformation um, in the financial um, industry or in the financial, yeah, within the financial industry or the financial sector. So it plays an important role in that um, position as well. All I'm hoping for is the best. I always hope for the best because in South Africa, we, we do, we, we have our downs, but we come up at the end of the day. We have our downs, but we do come up. That was us on the line with Zanele Konene, who is our financial expert from BDO Wealth Advisors, giving us a roundup of the week's business news. And the main story uh, that people are talking about is the VBS uh, uh, banking scandal. As you heard from what Zanele was talking about, one the big issue is the people that have actually invested through deposits into the bank, uh, people like the PIC, the municipalities, uh, together with uh, all the people individual South Africans whose money might possibly be gone forever. What actually happens? Uh, how do we account? And is the bank going to continue going forward? These are the questions that we need to ask and we will be keeping an eye on this story. But we need to continue with the show on the other side of this thing. is coming and she's going to be telling us about the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Business Buzz. 
Welcome back. We are talking business, pitching, funding yourself and the like. Uh, but uh, we just came from giving you our business wrap. And it's right now it's time for us to get into our Buffalo Index. Lingyo, how's our 100 Rand looking this week? The 100 Rand is looking good this week. <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to help you secure that investment bag. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to be looking at a number of competitions that pitching competitions that currently run. Um, entry into pitching competitions isn't um, usually um, come at a charge, so we're going to be looking at what you can get out of the uh, competitions. So we, the first one we're going to be looking at is Seed, Seed Stars World Competition, mm. and they're a global network that runs over 80 local pitching competitions. Oh, wow. There's one in Cape Town, Johannesburg, um, that's happening in November. Their investments are across um, different sectors, but particularly uh, the financial uh, sectors, the healthcare and real real estate. Uh, the, win- the, the, the winner gets flown to Switzerland to complete in a global competition where they get a chance to win over $1 million in investment. Mm. That's mm-hmm. over 14 million rand. Yes, please. Of course, that doesn't just, you know, uh, go to one startup. It's broken up into various uh, smaller um, investments. So, uh, like prizes specifically f- uh, for life sciences and education, uh, those are around 50k, 50k in dollars. So around 700,000 rand. So there's also like a specific focus on women entrepreneurs, Africa energy, um, startups, and so forth. Mm. And then we have the Shiva's uh, venture. Um, this is particularly for social entrepreneurs uh, from certain countries, including South Africa. And in the global um, final, you can win a share of $1 million again. Um, but this is a no-strings-attached kind of win, so no equity expectations. Uh, the finalists get to say how much funding they need, but ultimately uh, the pot gets broken up into smaller pieces. And some of the winners are chosen through a public online vote while the judges allocate the rest. Mm. Um, it's been running since 2014 and over the years they've supported three South African companies uh, most recently being iDrop in 2017 that won $52,000 um, in funding and they are a water purification and dispensing unit um, for retail outlets and that, so that was our second one and then our third one is the innovation prize for Africa and this is specifically to strengthen African innovation ecosystems including health and well-being information communication tech and manufacturing um, and service industries uh, it has a slightly smaller uh, grand prize of 185000 but the winner gets $100,000 uh, of that and a lot more um, you know, it's a lot more than the other competitions. Um, and, and, and and this year, uh, one of the nominees for the prize is this African professor, Giolebo Gile, Shirley Mutawong, and uh, she's developed an afford, um, affordable alternatives to treatments for bone repair and uh, musculoskeletal injuries. So those are our three competitions um, t- that our entrepreneurs can take part in. Yeah, hey, some of these prize monies, yeah, I, just, I would do it, yeah. They just yeah. make you want to just start tomorrow, be like, <laughs> where the pitching competition's at. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ah, it's interesting, uh, I would go literally, I'm trying to think which one is interesting. Innovation Prize for Africa, I, I just like it because you know that if you win, 100,000 is yours. Exactly, like you bag the most. Yes. The bigger bag. Yeah, yes. it's all about securing the bag. Yes, secure the bag, <laughs> Madiwa, secure the bag. So we're going to be talking about pitching your business and securing the bag uh, in our main topic on the other side of this. You're tuned in to the Business Bus.
Welcome back to the show. Um, remember that you, we are available on Facebook at VowFM Voice of Vits and Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we are available at VowFM and our hashtag is Business Buzz. Today we have on the line Donna Rachelson, who is the group CEO of Seed Engine and Seed Academy. And she is going to be telling us a bit more on all things investor relations related. So we can't wait to hear about that. Hello, Donna. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, all good, all great. Okay, awesome. So as a starting point, I think we'd just like you to define what venture capitalism is and what seed funding is for us. Okay, so I think, you know, as entrepreneurs in South Africa, I always refer to funding as being the lifeblood of a business. And it's really important at um, the stages that an entrepreneur moves from a build phase to a grow phase and to a scale phase. And based on that, there are different kinds of funding. So normally what you would do is you would go out and get some initial kind of seed funding, which would be, I normally say, from family, friends, and fools. Um, and then kind of, you know, as your business builds and grows, you may very well kind of go out to an angel investor who are kind of high net worth private individuals who have an interest in investing in business and they may very well give you some seed capital for your business which would um, imply that they would also take a bit of an equity stake in your business. As your business kind of grows, the next kind of level of funding is what we refer to as venture capital funding, which is really a type of private equity, um, but it's much more focused on, on smaller, earlier stage businesses that are deemed to have high growth potential or have demonstrated high growth um, in, to date. Um, and then kind of after venture capital funding, you would then find kind of the next tier of funding, which would be your private equity funding. Awesome. And what's been the general mood and sentiment in the South African entrepreneurial ecosystem around seed funding? So, look, I think, you know, there is lots of funding out there. Um, there are many uh, DFIs, many, you know, government institutions, many kind of corporates that have funds. Um, and in fact, I read uh, there's something um, by Catalyst for Growth that says, you know, there's like $2.6 2 available for, for enterprise supply development kind mm. of funding. And that's just kind of in the corporate, corporate realm um, and DFI as well. But unfortunately, venture seed capital is quite risky, um, you know, so people want to ensure that they get a return on their funds. So it's not as easy to get as people envisage. So although there's lots out there, it's not that easy to get your hands on that funding. Your 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 business um, primarily it it builds other businesses by providing them with like high impact business development support and access to to markets. Um, what is the business yes. case for uh, venture, venture venture capitalists to fund ideas and small businesses? And how does one know when they are funding ready? Okay, so that's a really really important point. 
So in terms of our fund, the WDB Growth Fund, we really have some criteria. So we, we will not fund a startup. And what you'll find is a lot of seed capital aren't really, um, don't have an appetite to, to fund startups. So you need to demonstrate that you have, that you have some traction in your business. And that's either through, you know, having a few large clients or you've experienced some large kind of growth um, in the period that you've been around. You also need to show beyond traction that there are good opportunities for growth through letters of intent or, you know, potential clients that have showed a strong interest to, to kind of get involved with your business. You need to show that there's um, a path for growth and that there's a lot of opportunity um, in the industry that you are competing in. And very, very importantly, that you you have a really clearly defined value proposition that you are able to compete successfully and that you do have a business model to support that. And um, something else that venture capitalists look for is, you know, who is the team involved? So um, they're much more likely to, to kind of back a team of complementary skills as opposed to an entrepreneur who is, um, you know, doing this alone. Um, you made reference to, to funding readiness. That is something that, in our experience, entrepreneurs do not pay enough attention to, is really ensuring that you have management accounts that are produced in the business every um, single month, uh, that there are robust financial models for the business in terms of projected income statement, cash flow, balance sheet, etc. So that is something that, that we find entrepreneurs don't place enough emphasis on, but is absolutely critical if you require funding. That is absolutely insightful. So record, record, record. Um, and I think what are some of the programs that you guys have and interventions that you guys have to assist entrepreneurs to access desired markets? So we have two parts. So Seed Engine has two parts to the business. Seed Academy, which is an activation business. So we're really focusing on entrepreneurs that are in the build and grow phase. So they've either got an idea or they've started their business, it's got a little bit of traction, but it needs quite a bit of help. We really, um, you know, bespoke our offering for each entrepreneur in terms of understanding what are the gaps in the context of the business, as well as from a personal leadership perspective, because great entrepreneurs have strong personal leadership capabilities as well. And then we... Um, able to provide high-impact business development support through coaching and mentoring. We also work with those businesses to become funding-ready, as well as helping them with access to markets by, you know, assisting them with networks to, to new opportunities. And then, you know, we like to work with them to scale them through our venture capital fund, which is called the WDB Growth Fund where we take an equity stake in the business. It's normally a minority stake. And what we want to do is we want to work with that business as a minority shareholder for up to five years to really scale that business to such an extent that after five years, the entrepreneur can actually um, buy back their shares. And we're really focused on providing 
very close um, support from a strategic perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a financial aspect, from a governance and compliance aspect, any way that we can to ensure that that business grows systematically. And, and once the founders have managed to secure the investment, what processes uh, are in place to ensure that there is accountability in terms of how funds are spent? So look, you know, venture capitalists, they tend to play more of a hands-on role in the business because it's quite a young business. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that venture capital um, company is going to do is they're going to open up their networks, they're going to provide robust strategic input, they're also going to test the business model and make sure that it works. But very, very important, and it's probably one of the key things that, that we look out for, is that the entrepreneur is coachable, is that they're really open to new perspectives, they're open to looking at new ways of doing things. Otherwise, um, if you have a very rigid approach as an entrepreneur, it's not um, going to be easy for a venture capitalist to, to work for you, to work with you. Um, so, so those are kind of the aspects of what venture capitalists can give, but also what the entrepreneur, what mindset they need to have. What are the common misconceptions about VCs? Um, I think the common misperceptions sit in terms of people don't really have a clear understanding of where they are placed um, in the funding ecosystem. So it is quite risky capital. So, you know, venture capitalists are quite astute people in terms of really being able to understand the entrepreneur and the business potential, but they're also not private equity. So they're not that kind of like hands off in your business. A private equity, if they meet, you know, every every month or three months or whatever, it's fine. Whereas, you know, especially with our experience with our venture capital fund is you need to play a lot more of a, a hands-on kind of um, role the other misperception is, you know, there's different kinds of funding. There's grant funding where you're just given the money. There's loan funding where, you know, hopefully there's a preferential interest rate on, on that loan. And then there's equity funding, which is kind of a venture capital fund. And in our experience, a lot of entrepreneurs are averse to having an equity partner and giving away shareholding. Um, so... For me, a key misperception is that it's bad to give shareholding. Um, and the way that I like to look at it is often it's much better to have a smaller part of a much bigger pie than owning the whole pie but not being able to expand the business significantly. So if you're able to find a rich capitalist that really can play an integral role in helping your business to scale, it's far more beneficial. And once that, you know, the connection is made between the entrepreneur and the VC, like what are some of the things that entrepreneurs can look out for to try and maintain that healthy relationship between the two parties? Sure, that's such a good question. So for me, um, and it's just because I've also invested in four businesses, so I sit as as kind of a shareholder in those businesses. You know, really important what I look for is, is open communication, so regular communication in terms of what is ha- happening in the business, 
And most importantly is honesty. You know, everybody experiences ups and downs in businesses. And the more you are able to be honest with your shareholders and alert them to potential risks in the business, what you're doing to mitigate the risks, and also importantly where you need assistance and support to actually to actually grow. Um, um, also what, what I really love with entrepreneurs is where they take the lead, where they're proactive and they're driving things and not having misplaced perceptions that um, kind of the shareholders need to do all the work and, and chase after them. But also what I say to entrepreneurs is that who you go into business with is more important than who you marry. <laughs> it's a lot easier to get divorced from somebody than it is to actually part um, from from a business relationship. Thank you so much for that. And our last question before we part is for people who are on the outside who are still knocking on the door and are still seeking to secure that investment bag and get to the next level. What um, nuggets of wisdom or advice do you have for those people? Look, I think what's really important is your network is incredibly important. So it doesn't matter how brilliant your pitch is or how brilliant you think your business is, you've actually got to be in the right networks. You've got to be talking to people. You've got to be um, researching which are the best places for you to be pitching your kind of business because there's so many kind of funding opportunities out there. So, so that is incredibly important. And, and really, really important is you need to have a really strong value proposition. You know, it's highly competitive out there in terms of entrepreneurs, and you've got to make sure that your business is different, that it stands out, and that it has the, uh, that it's scalable, that, um, you know, it has the potential to make big money because ultimately investors want to return on their investment. So that was Donna Rachel Sin, who's the group CEO of Seed Engine and Seed Academy. For more information, you can go to www.seedengine.co.za and you can find out all information related to um, seed, seed investment and seed funding and access to market there. Thank you so much, Donna, for your time. The, the Business Buzz. So this past Saturday, there was an amazing event for entrepreneurs within Gauteng. And this is the Engine Pitch and Polish. And this is a wonderful opportunity for entrepreneurs within the space to groom their pitching skills, as well as to put themselves out there and win money prizes, amongst other things, which are essential in terms of developing one's business. And in the next few minutes, we're going to get to hear from the regional winner that makes it to the next part of the competition. And we're also going to hear from a few key players, as well as uh, Race Corp CEO, Mr. Ellen Rays. And just a number of things around the competition that are interesting is that each round has prize money that's available for the successful contestants. And you have a panel of expert judges that um, make these selections. So you are able to be rest assured that you're getting the cream of the crop as the as the regional winner who gets to represent us in Gauteng. And we cannot be prouder of her and we listen to her in a few minutes. Keep it locked because we really do want you to make that money.
name is Matlazi Rampa. And where you come? I am born and bred in Joburg. So tell me, your Indian kitchen, what were you expecting from Indian kitchen polish today? <laughs> the classic thing about the pitch and polish today is that I actually just came as, you know, one of the, you know, not contestants. I, was, I wasn't expecting to be selected to actually pitch. So I actually thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to learn so much. I'm going to understand, you know, how to actually pitch well so that I can actually grow my business. So when I was nominated and selected to be one of the contestants, it was absolutely amazing. And I thought to myself, maybe there's a calling, you know, maybe I need to polish my pitch. You know, so it's absolutely amazing. And uh, so I, I do expect that at the end, I will be able to pitch properly and it will be sound, it will be a so tell us a bit about your business. What is its name and what do you do? So the name of my business is called Sun Diverse Group and we manufacture paints, so uh, acrylic paints. We also have various other products which is Gamazine, Glamour Coat and Corners. So my speciality is PPA acrylic paints. And what preparation do you feel you need to do to be ready for round two? Look, it's about, in order to prepare myself for the next round, I need to research, I need to polish my pitch. So the three words that's going to describe my experience here is actually exhilarating, exciting, and a learning curve. Well, I think one of the things that I've learned is that you need to understand your business. You need to understand how to position yourself, and you have to have a, almost a competitive advantage. So how I feel, I actually feel like a winner. I actually feel like a winner. If I be honest, that's how I feel. One element about my business that I didn't know, and now I need to actually explore into, it's just my, 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 my value proposition. My solid value proposition, not too broad, but straight to the point. What's the one thing that business school doesn't the one thing that uh, business schools doesn't teach entrepreneurs is to be resourceful and flexible in, in the moment. Um, they teach in the theory, which is very much uh, around uh, you move from A to B to C to D, but they don't teach you what happens if something happens halfway in, how do you get around it? And that's far more important. Okay, the incubator. Yeah. There's a lot of incubators in yeah. Africa. What would you say is the uniqueness of Don't have enough time for that. <laughs> so, so let me start off with our kudos. We, according to the Economist, are the only genuine incubator in in Africa. That's number one. Number two, our selection process is globally recognised, from the World Economic Forum to Oxford, etc., as the toughest um, selection process within incubation. So we choose the right people, and nowhere in there do we look at a business plan. We only look at what we call blue heart that ability to stand up again and again. Number three, our model is highly intensive and programmatic and we don't provide mentors, we provide what we call guides and there's not one, there's five. A strategy guide, a finance guide, a marketing guide, a sales guide and a personal development guide. That team works with the entrepreneur. All our uh, learning material is practical and has been accredited by the CHE. And I can go on and on and on. None of these things are, you can say about any of the others. And we've been doing this for 18 years. So, yes. this is a long time. And, yeah. and any last advice to give an entrepreneur? Any entrepreneur or, or any entrepreneur who wants to give up? 
Unless okay. he wants to give up. Okay. Any entrepreneur wants to give up, first of all, don't. Um, for as long as you can ask a different question, for as long as you can get a different answer, keep going. The moment you can't ask yourself new questions and you can't get new answers, that's the time to start. When you're talking that you've been doing in South Africa, yes. any differences that you think edge farmers can benefit from, any things that need to be, I think each province that we, we see has got different opportunities within those provinces. There's different uh, programs that are going on, different infrastructure programs, different uh, um, from an economy point of view, structural differences. So, for example, some might be in agriculture, some might be more in mining, some might be more in manufacturing, and those then represent where the opportunities are for entrepreneurs. So any entrepreneur that's starting out and is thinking where to go should think of the macro context first within their province before moving moving forward. On the line, we are joined by Justin Cohen, who is an international speaker and author and also the host of uh, CNBC Africa's show called Gurus. Um, his uh, latest book is called Pitch to Win, and he has been involved with uh, Pitch and Polish um, for some time now. Uh, Justin actually speaks and trains in the field of motivation, sales, customer service, and leadership. And he's looking at about 8,000 people. Can you imagine that? 8,000 people people annually on average and he's actually been um, a certified speaker professional and a southern african speaker hall of fame inductee very impressive how are you justin yeah, great to be uh, on, uh, on the show with you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. Um, for us to begin our discussion, um, in the description of your book, it actually says that being the best doesn't guarantee uh, that you'll get the business. Having the best pitch does. Why is pitching so important? Well, you know, I think we're all taught from pretty early on yeah. at school and then university that all we really need to do is be great at what we do. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you think about it, that's what that's what education, higher education is all about. Just yeah. develop your technical skills, be really great, and it'll all happen for you. Yeah. And I believe that. I really did. I thought all I need to do is write great books. All I needed to do is put together great training programs. All I needed to do is great, do great presentations. And then <laughs> I noticed that Sometimes there were people whose book or presentation was not as great as mine, but they were doing a lot better than me. Yeah. You know, I might have even been up for the same deal with someone who was offering something that I truly didn't believe had the same value and was sometimes even at a higher price, and they won it instead of me. Yeah. And you know that's something that I think just about anyone in business has encountered. Anyone in business. You ask, you know, when I ask audiences, I say, how can you yourself that you really – were the right person for that job, but you didn't get it. And almost everybody puts their hands up. And what does that tell you? Well, it tells you if, if we really are correct, I mean, look, we could be a bit self-deluded and maybe we're not the best and maybe we need to improve our skills. But, 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 but definitely, I think we can all appreciate that at times we truly are the best and we don't get it. Well, then it's not enough to be the best. You've got to have the best pitch. You've got to have the ability to persuade someone that you're the best. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not sure it's all about persuasion. It's all about pitching because if you pitch yourself and you really aren't great and you're really not able to do this job effectively, well, it's <laughs> going to come back to bite you. So I don't want to say that it's not important to build your skills, yeah. but all I'm saying is that's not enough. 
So now that we've established the fact that um, you know sometimes not having, sometimes just having that technical skill isn't always enough, or having that good business idea isn't enough, that you do need to make that pitch. What are some of the factors that actually make uh, a pitch effective, or how do people get their pitches correct in whatever platform they're on? Right. So, so there's a six-step formula that I developed. Yeah. I call it the TOPS formula. It's six specific steps. And these aren't just me going and reading some books and putting some ideas together. I actually created this formula first for myself. My own results really exploded as I started to apply it. But then uh, I actually never thought I'd share it with anyone. I never really saw this as part of my mission. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I had clients saying to me, Justin, you know, you've spoken a bit about this. Will you will you Will you share this with us? Yeah. And they started getting the results. So um, really, the, uh, probably the, the first and, and one of the biggest was uh, IBM Smart Camp. They run uh, the biggest entrepreneurship competition in the world. Yeah. Uh, and I worked with a little startup from Kenya. And these guys landed up winning the entire competition and actually gave this method some of the credit. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Engine Pitch and Polish, yeah. uh, which I've been really proud to be part of, uh, similar things. So we work with entrepreneurs all over the country, and uh, and you know, Lon Ray's from Ray's Corp has got a, a lot of his own methodology, which is fantastic, and I'm very honoured to be able to facilitate. Uh, but but this is also where I where I got to share this formula and see its power. So so first things first, yes, this formula really does work. But that was a long way to get to my to your, to your question. Yeah. Your question is well, well, what are some of the things? Well, look, first the, the first one, it's top formula. So the first uh, key is is tune in. You know, we have the sense that the pitch is all about me, my product, my brand, my skills. Yeah. You know, I would imagine anybody who's leaving university is going out for a job. You're thinking it's all about you? I've got news for you. It's not about you. It's about them. <laughs> it's, it's about, about them. the company. Yeah. It's about what you can do for them. The truth is, I know this is going to sound harsh, they don't care about you. They don't. They don't really care about you. They care about themselves. They care about their own profitability. They yeah. care about succeeding and thriving. And I think far too many graduates leave university thinking that, you know, it's all about, about how fabulous they are. Now, mm. listen, I hope that you're fabulous. But really, it's about how fabulous that company is and how you can make them even more fabulous, right? Yeah. So tuning in means really understanding the company. I mean, if you're going about it, pitching is you're really pitching a product or service. You could just be pitching yourself for a job. It's about like how, how do you put yourself for, for a job interview? Now, I think, you know, to go in with your CV and that's all fine. You know, that's what you can do. You can do this and do the other. But have you actually taken the time to figure out who is this organization? What are they about? What do they want? What is their culture? What do they like? What are they after, right? So when you're in that, in that pitch, you can really half the pitch, probably more than half the pitch, is yeah. talking about them, not it's yourself. About them, yeah. You know, I use the example of going on a date. You never go on a date and just, you know, you go on a date and, and, and immediately the guy says to you, listen, I just want you to know I'm extremely smart. And not only am I extremely smart, well, you can say I dress absolutely beautifully. And not only that, I am incredible in bed. Right? So you go on a second date with that guy. No, he's a douche, right? Because all he said is spoke about himself. Now, admittedly, the client or your company is probably going to ask you to talk about yourself, and that's fine. But, you know, certainly, and job interviews is slightly different here, but certainly in a general pitch, what I would always say is thank you so much for the opportunity to share what my product or service does. But first, I want to understand what do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to achieve here? You know, what are the challenges that you're currently facing so that I can then match my product, my service to meeting their needs? So it's yeah. really about listening. Your first step is 
listen, figure them out. And, and yes, job interviews, I'm saying, might be slightly different. Mm. You know, they're going to they're going to ask the questions you're going to need to answer. But but tune in beforehand so that when you do answer, you're answering in accord with an understanding of what this business is all about. So so that ultimately you can show them how you can add value. Yeah. And then the others. So your second uh, key to a winning pitch is the team. Now, some of the people that I work with and coach, they are they will actually go in and pitch with a team. Uh, but if you're not pitching with a team and you're just pitching on your own, this it's, team is still important because you know, no man is an island. We're all interconnected. <laughs> and our ability to perform is largely dependent on the relationships that we have with our team. Uh, particularly when you are pitching as a team, the client, potential client, is looking to how you guys interact yeah. because they know that your ability to perform is going to largely have to do with how cohesive you are as a team. Yeah. So, you know, in the book, I go into a lot of detail about how you can create a strong team. So, it's about lighting. You know, one of the things we know is that high, uh, high. Uh, uh, affinity teams are high performance teams. Mm. You know, if we like one another, we will tend to perform well. But if we don't like one another, we won't. You know, and you know, a lot of people say, "Well, I just don't like that person." Well, the truth is, most people get married love each other, and yet most people married get divorced and hate each other, which tells you that it's the same people can hate or love each other. Yeah. It's not about the people; it's about what we do. Yeah. It's one of the things that we can do to create. A, a, a team that is brimming with positivity, that has a good spirit, because that emotion is is really, really critical uh, to success. So there's a, a study which I quote a lot in the book, 10 reasons why they choose one picture over another. The number one reason is energy and enthusiasm. Mm. Now, if you've got disconnect, this core with your team, you don't like each other, you're rubbing each other along, up the wrong way, you're not going to be very energized, positive, and enthusiastic. So it's really important to get the team dynamics right. Um, Justin, I'm just going to ask you in the interest of time, because I know that sure. you said that it's a six-step process, uh, for you to yep. list the other four. Sure, sure. So the third one is optimism. Yeah. So that is your belief that you can get the deal. Now, let me just be very clear about this. Um, most of the time, you're not going to get the deal. <laughs> most of the time, you're not going to get the job. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and that's very important to understand, because... If you expect, oh, I'm going to get it, then you don't. You get all demoralized, you're going to give up. But if you understand that you're not getting it, don't even take it personally because it takes on average seven exposures to a new product, service, or person before people feel comfortable enough to buy. Seven exposures. That means you're probably going to hear the word no more than yes. Optimism is the mindset of people who will persist through those no's. And that's why it's really important when you do hear no, when you are rejected, to bounce back up, understand that, you know, the biggest failures never fail. They sit on the sidelines thinking, why it's not going to work. And they're always right. Because you can't score a goal if you don't get on the field and try. That's if true. you do get on the field and lose, there's always a lesson to win. So if you did get rejected, ask yourself, pick yourself up. No, you probably need some exposures, but ask yourself, what could I learn? How can I bounce back? Uh, that's just part of it. Uh, your next P is present. Now, present is your non-verbal communication. And the research shows us that more than 50% of the impact of a communication is not what we say, but how we say it. We're talking tone of voice, facial Mm. expressions, posture, body language, gestures. How do you come across? And I think a great thing to do, looking, I know some people listening to this might actually be going, thinking about job interviews. Record yourself. 
really look caught yourself on camera. At first, it's a bit scary looking yeah. at yourself, but you'll get over that. We all get over that. You know, it's a bit odd initially to look at yourself. But you will see yourself doing things, funny things, odd things that you can then start to make, you know, your posture. I don't know, it's like your posture's off, you know, crouch, or you've got a big frown, and you don't smile a lot, or you've got this closed body language with your arms folded, and you're immediately shit. So really record what, what, what you're aiming for is open, positive body language, lots of eye contact, lots of smiling. That's the ideal kind of presence that we want to create. Now, the next P is two P's, so it's the TOPS formula, T-T-O-P-P-S. Yeah. The next P is purpose. Purpose. And purpose is about why are you there? You know, what is the difference you're trying to make? Are you just trying to get the deal? Are you just trying to get the job <laughs> so you can get a salary? Yeah. Are you just trying to get it for yourself? Or are you actually trying to make a difference? And people can feel it. I mean, I want to ask you, who are you going to employ? Who, who are you going to employ? Somebody you feel who just is in it for themselves, they just want to get a nice job and get a nice... Or somebody who really is passionate about making a difference to your company. Yeah. Obviously, you want the person who really is committed to making a difference. That's purpose. And the truth is, we can all live on purpose or off purpose. You want to ask yourself, how are they going to be better off because of me? That question triggers purpose. Ask yourself, how are they going to be better off because of me? Yeah, what is the value that I, when you're committed to really making a difference, uh, they can feel that, man. Yeah. They can feel that. And yeah. that, that is a huge part, I believe, of why you will win. Yeah. If they truly believe that you're committed to, to, to making a difference, that you're driven by purpose. Yeah. And your S is story. Story. Now, story, and you know, I know we're short on time here. This is a big subject. I mean, I wrote an entire book on stories. Uh, stories, let me try and put it really simply here yeah, and, 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 and in summary. When we tend to talk, we talk in abstract concepts. And, and the truth is, university actually gets us to do this because it's all about passive language, it's about objective, it's not about personal storytelling. You think about the way you write an academic paper, it's all about the third person and I understand for, for, for scientific reasons and objectivity, we need to do this. But when it comes to pitching and, and, and influencing and persuading, we're actually interested in the personal story, in the I. We want to know, give us an example. Don't tell, you know, Margaret Thatcher used to say, if you have to tell people you're a lady, you probably are not one. If you have to tell me that you're conscientious and diligent, eh, you know, you may be, but there's a bigger chance you're not. Don't tell me you're conscientious. Tell me a story, a true story, by the way. Yeah. Tell me a story about how this job you worked at, you know, a uh, customer, you know, was really frustrated, called you, you know, at two in the morning, uh, you know, you took the call, you, 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 you know, you got in your car, you went through, you, obviously I'm kind of making this up on the fly, but you get my point. Don't tell me, tell me a story that demonstrates that you're conscientious, mm-hmm. right? Give me a real example, yeah? Um, don't be scared of talking about even your setbacks and failures. You know, maybe you, as an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs that I work with, a lot of them have gone bankrupt. They failed. Tell me the story about how, you know, what happened, how you messed up, but, but what you learned from it. Because people are investing, want to invest in people who, who've got experience, you know. So you, an experience often comes out of failure. You yeah. know? So you can even share an example of when something went wrong, you know, but like what you learned and how you, maybe even how you fixed it, right? That would, that would really show me that you were somebody who took accountability, who was industrious, yeah. right? So whenever you're trying to demonstrate something about you or your product, try to share a real-life example rather than just telling me, you know, that you are that thing. Justin, we are out of time. How can people get a hold of your book? 
so the book, uh, Pitch, uh, Pitch uh, to Win, is available at uh, virtually all bookstores, exclusive books and others. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should try and get one into the VITS library. We'd happy to be, we'd happy to do, donate one. If they want to um, connect with me, they can sign up on my website uh, on www.justinpresents.com. Yeah. Justinpresents.com, a bunch of free resources there. Uh, I do a blog regularly, lots of videos on pitching all, all there. Check that out. And then obviously for Pitch Engine, Pitch and Polish, yeah. if they just Google Engine, Pitch and Polish, uh, we, they, they can sign up for the next uh, Pitch and Polish workshops. Okay, cool. That was us on the line with Justin Cohen, uh, who is an international uh, speaker and author. He was talking to us uh, on behalf of uh, Engine, Pitch and Polish, just around uh, some of the tips and techniques that you can use uh, to either pitch yourself or to pitch your business. And he is the author of the book. It's called Pitch to Win. And he was just giving us a roundup of the formula uh, that he's developed. It's called the TOPS formula. I think my takeaway from this is just the fact that um, when you are pitching yourself for a product or a service, a business, whatever it is that you're trying to communicate to other people, uh, well, something I'm definitely getting from Justin is the fact that there needs to be a bit of a balance. Uh, because one of the first things he spoke about is that you need to communicate how you're going to add value to the person either investing in you or the person and buying from you but at the same time the people need to know um, about your story or you know what you have to go on so there's that balance of um, you uh, showing yourself as a genuine person and uh, the characteristics that you're trying to sell but at the same time adding value uh, to the people that you are pitching to so that was us we were with Justin Cohen um, on the other side of this we come to the end of the show keep it locked this is the business buzz Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. And with that, we come to the end of the Business Buzz show for today. Thank you so much, everyone, who was listening um, to our show. Thank you to Justin. Thank you to Donna uh, for just giving us some insights around funding. How do you keep your money? Uh, at what point do you seek funding? And how do you actually pitch your businesses? I think for me, the big takeaway from what Justin was saying is just you need to balance, you know, um, what he was saying. The first point he said in his tops formula is the fact that um, you need to show the investor or the person that you're talking to what's in it for them. No matter what situation you're in, if you're a guy proposing to a girl, if you're an investor or if you're a business person pitching your business to an investor or if you're in an inter a job interview and you're trying to pitch your skills, you need to show um, the person that you're talking to what value you can add to them. That's where it's at. Uh, but at the same time, in as much as they uh, don't care about you, they still want to know if you're a genuine person because when they bring you on board they always, they need to be secure that you're going to bring value and you're going to be genuine about it that was my takeaway uh for you telling you like how was the conversation with donna oh the conversation with donna was absolutely enlightening mm. um i learned a number of things around um seed investments and uh, one of the primary takeaways for me was it's important for entrepreneurs to understand where they are within their life cycle yeah. so they understand when it is that they are like funding ready because you can get monies before you are ready for them yeah. and um, I think there are situations even currently that are available where entrepreneurs have had 
you know, uh, monies afforded to them and it was before their time and it actually um, can be detrimental to the business because, yeah. you know, the natural um, course to take or understanding is that, you know, the more money that one has, you know, the merrier. And, and, and sometimes when you do that prematurely, it can actually cost an, um, a, a company its actual business. So mm. just the importance of understanding where you are in the life cycle and when it is that you're funding ready. Okay, cool. So let us know on social media what you think. Um, have you ever taken funding? Are you looking for funding? Um, do you think some of the tips and tricks that we talked about in this show um, are going to help you in everyday life? Um, are you, as an entrepreneur, if you have a business um, at that stage where you need to be funding or thinking about funding, let us know. On Facebook, we are VowFM, that's Voice of Vits, and we can find our other Facebook page, that's Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VowFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Our WhatsApp line is 0840784912 and you can stream the station live on valfm.co.za and you can also find podcasts of the Business Buzz show on uh, vitsa.journalism.co.za forward slash business. With that, we have reached the end of tonight's show. Thank you to our amazing team, executive producer, producer Elna Schutz, our producer, welcome, Lashiva, with our technical producer, Kudrano Serame. Don't miss the Business Buzz. Same time next week for more insight into the world of business. Next on VAUFM, we have Life Beats. From myself, Lingi Wazondo, and Modiwa Mob Justice Gavaza, and the rest of the team, take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only, only on Bauer FM. The Business Buzz Podcast.